everyone, I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And, and we're, we're sarcastic, sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Valentine's Day, everybody! Right. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. <laughs> well, it wasn't for you. I, so like, I'm just you gonna did. take that. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Um, have You're your not gonna wish it to us. Have Have your husbands asked you to be their Valentine yet? Mine hasn't. I mean, not officially. A box came in the mail that I'm not allowed to open yet. So. Oh, um, oh Lacey's got a box. Um, I've gotten nothing, but I think we're playing hard to get. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Keep things, like, fresh. Yeah. You know. He doesn't even ask me to be his valentine. So, that's where we are. He's not a... Four years into the marriage and things are starting to die. Is that when it cools down? (laughs) It's funny because he's sitting right there listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he wasn't listening. Oh, I love his dad. Wow, that's really he just wasn't listening. <laughs> showing, showing how dead it is. Um, okay, so for our Valentine's Day special, I thought it would be very special if I told you guys about three mysterious disappearances, murders that all happen on the same day, not the same year. But just Valentine's Day, every year. Not every year. Just like too year. many on the same day, the same year would be a little bit suspicious. Yeah. You know. Okay. Although, same day, different year. Serial yeah. killer who has a thing for Valentine's Day. I don't think one. these are related. But. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the way I organized it, we're gonna start at most recent, and go back in time. Okay. Fun. So the first one that I'm going to tell you about is the mysterious death of Antonio Saldivar. Are you ready? Ready. Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So Antonio was a 17-year-old Hispanic living with his mother, Connie Netro, in Houston, Texas. He was a junior at Houston Can Academy. That's a high school. But it sounds super fancy because Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, here's something I thought was interesting. He had a couple tattoos for a 17 year old I thought was interesting, but also one of them was a clown faced girl removing her shirt. Hmm. You know, different things mean different things to different. Uh, I feel like I want to see a picture of that and just see how well it's done. Well, you know, I had the same thought because also I kind of just wanted to see. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, um, and I wanted to see. Um, not a lot of photos of him. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that this um, case got the attention that it should have. What year was this? Twenty. Oh, I'm so sorry. 2014 is when he um. died. So, um, around 6 p.m. on Valentine's Day, and for anyone who doesn't know, that's February 14th, 
In 2014, Antonio left his home wearing a purple leopard print hoodie, a black muscle shirt, khaki shorts, and brown deck shoes. He borrowed his mother's Hyundai sedan, Hyundai? 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 Sedan, with the intention of delivering a Valentine's gift to his girlfriend. It was a teddy bear. Um, He missed curfew, and his mom started to blow up his phone. Uh, He didn't answer. He finally did at 4 a.m. So he left at 6 p.m., didn't answer his phone until 4 a.m. Connie, his mom, told him that he was in trouble and asked where he was. Antonio said that he knew he was grounded and he was on his way home. So he was like, I know, I know, I'm grounded, but I'm on my way home. Then It's worth it for a blowjob. Well, hold on a second. Oh, he hung up the phone. His mom tried calling him back, like, right away, and he didn't answer. It went right to voicemail. It At 4.30 a.m., there was a car accident. At 4.50 a.m., Antonio's mom's car was found, totaled, after being crashed into a concrete pillar. Ooh. Antonio was nowhere to be found at the scene. However, oh, his shit. shoes were found in the car under the passenger seat. Okay. 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 Well, I have some questions, but I'm going to let you keep going. Okay. I have a theory. Okay, well, let's see the hoodie Well, like about the (laughs) shoes and everything. Um, Do you want me to elaborate right now? Yeah, I'm kind of curious what your theories are about shoes. So, like, like Valentine's Day, they're 17, like, they can't, like, exactly, like, bump old ugly is like if her parents are home so like maybe they like hooked up in the back of the car um Mm. and he just like knocked his shoes off back there and then was like well i don't really want to like wear shoes to drive home who does Um, i don't um so they got left there okay i'm gonna move on because you're wrong (laughs) um or am i right (laughs) okay no you're wrong it's it's not (laughs) solved so like You'll see why you're wrong in just a second. Okay. So that was February 14th. They declared him officially missing, but there was no leads. His family remained hopeful that they would find him. However, on February 27th, an employee from a Texas port recycling scrap metal plant found Antonio's body. It was trapped underwater beneath a dock in the Houston ship channel between two barges. This was about two miles away from the accident scene. Okay. His cause of death after an autopsy was listed as accidental drowning, but his family has always believed that foul play was involved. So some strange details arose regarding Antonia's mysterious death, hence the word mysterious. He never made it to his girlfriend's house to deliver the bear. The teddy bear oh. was found inside his pants between his legs. Mm. So, like, in the crotch of his pants. Why is so, it there? I don't know. Um, your theory, maybe really. Time between no, 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 six no, 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 no. Wasn't maybe, anyway. maybe he was, like, a ladies' man and had multiple girlfriends and was, like, making his rounds during Valentine's Day. With the bear between his legs? He had I, to hide it from ha- girlfriend one <laughs> so that girlfriend one didn't I haven't, say, I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, she's still piecing it together. Yeah. Um, 
Another strange detail, a witness reported to police that they had seen a dark SUV run Antonio's car into the pillar. Oh, shit. Mad girlfriend. Okay. Antonio's body was found in a secure area, which was inaccessible to all but highly skilled divers. Like, it needed security access to get there. Interesting. Was his, the accident or his car or whatever, was it near any kind of a body of water, like a river or something that could have dumped out, like, where his body was found? Let me finish. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the theories was that he became disoriented after crashing the car and just wandered off and drowned. Um, for two miles. Well, yeah, that's one thing. It was two miles away. Another thing is how did he gain access to the security area? And he's not a highly skilled diver, so he didn't just swim there. Um, also, uh, what did he do for 10 hours if he didn't go give the teddy bear to his girlfriend? His other girlfriends. He did his other girlfriends for 10 hours? Yeah. Okay. He had a marathon. It was Valentine's Day. Well, yeah, okay. Who was the other, like, was, is there any validity to the dark SUV running him into a pillar? I know a that's, Bailey thing. That's one of the girlfriends. I was like, My next question is why were his shoes left in the car? But Bailey already knows that one. For hooking up with one of his girlfriends. <laughs> okay. So here's something that I found that I think, I just want to say, there is not much information I could find on this. There aren't a lot of photos online about him. I, as far as I can tell, nothing really has come from this since 2014. Some theories suggest that he was a gang member, but his family deny his involvement in a gang. Um, that theory arose apparently only because Antonio quote fits the image of a gang member end quote. So, yeah, I you know Hispanic teen, not going to put a lot of effort into figuring it out and just love and, him and, and we're in Texas, right? Mm. Correct, Mundo. I feel like it can be a little racist down there. Mm. Um, I think we have some listeners in San Jose. And that might not be in Texas. It might also be in Texas. Well, listen, if you're know. a listener in Texas, just don't be racist, and then you won't have to feel offended. San Jose is in California, which yeah, can also be racist mm-hmm. against Mex. Or, uh, what if just yeah. wherever you are, don't be dear racist. listener, don't be racist. I'm not. I'm just saying. No, she said who, seems... wherever you are, not just Texas oh. or California. I'm speaking directly okay. to her. Or, or people. I don't know, anywhere. Don't be racist. I also, I also, also feel... do, do the due diligence to solve murders. Or mysterious yeah. deaths. I don't like how they labeled it an accidental drowning. Yeah. Well, that just so seems like one, lazy. Some, I saw a theory that it was like he stuffed the bear down his pants so that he could have both his hands to swim. But why was he swimming? Yeah. Why is the bear that important? It was a right, gift why, to his why girlfriend. Why was... It's a that's, stuffed that's animal. True. Regardless of how he got in the water, why was that important enough for him to take out of the car with him? But not his shoes. Right. Maybe they were diamonds in the bear. Or cocaine. Mm-hmm. Or cocaine. Mm-hmm. See, now I feel like we're getting a little. How? That has Hiding. nothing to do with his race. <laughs> Drug smugglers thinking. have put stuff in stuffed animals before. Columbia, cocaine. Maybe. In the time Columbia. period... 
that his mom thought he was with his girlfriend. He was kidnapped, and the kidnappers took the bear, stuffed it with something valuable, gave it back to him and said, you're going to smuggle this bear for us, and if you don't, we're going to kill you and your family. And Yeah? Go ahead, because yeah. that was so the end of my... I feel like there's a movie where the plot was like... I don't remember, but I feel like the plot was like, oh, this is my bag. It's packed full of, like, my clothes and shit, and then here's another bag, and I'm at the airport, and that bag is stuffed full of diamonds or money and stuff, but I grabbed the wrong bag, and I don't realize it, and then the people who are like, the money bag was our bag. We need to track down our, ba- that's, our bag. Uh, that's that's what up, what's up, Doc. He accidentally yes. ended up with the bag. With yes. Barbara Streisand. Yes. Yeah, I... I, uh, he switched I I the bear by accident. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so his bear didn't have stuffing. It had money in it, and that was the dark SUV that ran him into the road because they were like, "You ran him off the road." Give us and he, needed to, he got out of the car. Bailey I'm, is I'm, raising her hand so politely. That's that's true. You are waiting your turn. Go ahead, Bailey. Um, why would he stuff a bear down his pants if he's trying to like smuggle it? Like that's gonna obviously create like a giant. Bulge, hmm. Lacey. I thought so... I thought we said he stuffed the bear down so that he could swim. He was trying to escape via the water. We still don't know how he got to that secure area, do we? So that's okay. Still I got it. One of his girlfriends worked there. Oh my god! I feel like you're disparaging <laughs> his name by saying he's got multiple girlfriends. I'm sorry. I'm making a rash assumption that well, he's 17 and has a bunch of girlfriends. In your defense, you are grasping at straws because there is like not enough information about this. And you know I what? think that that's because racism. Yeah, at they least, uh, didn't give us at, enough information, so now we have to completely make up our own theories. Starting at from least scratch. I'm happens. not labeling it an accidental drowning. I'm trying to come up with stuff. Really? No offense, please. Huh? A little bit of offense. Do, are you, I feel like Toward you next. think accidental accidental drowning is like offensive? No, I'm saying that like I'm actually like are, I'm trying like to find. Not- motive behind it, whereas the police just mm. labeled it accidental drowning and were like I feel like she's offended on a Yeah. I thought you were offended because you were like they're saying he can't swim and we don't know he can't swim. That kind of thing. No. Okay. Because <laughs> like, um, if you were a really great swimmer and then like you died and they were like accidental drowning, I'd be like she's not drowning. She's a great swimmer. There's no way she drowned. And they were like, "Mm mm-mm, drowned. I'd be like, no, I'm offended on behalf of my dead sister. Because she can swim the English Channel to and fro, no problem. Don't don't put me on that. I can't do that. It's like Um, 20 miles, you're fine. Okay, I can't do two. Um, (laughs) Did they find anything, like, Literally everything I just told you was the only thing I told you. The only thing I know. That's all I know. Wow. I feel like the whole the death itself is like mysterious and confusing. But I'm so that missing ten hours where he was like, Hey, go to my girlfriend's and then four AM he's like, Hey mom, head home for my girlfriend's. I wanna know what happened to that ten hours. Yeah. I wanna know how many miles he got on his car. He like how far could he have mm-hmm. gone? The other thing is that he, like, answered his phone, talked to his mom briefly, hung up, and immediately, I guess, turned his phone off. He pulled a Lacey 
where he throws his phone across the room and then just abandons it for hours. I do my best to never answer a phone call. Mm-hmm. You're super good at it. I am, thank you. I've been practicing for years. Yep. Always a disappointment. <laughs> or maybe his phone died. <laughs> I want to answer died? your action. What'd you say? Maybe his phone died after he hung up with his mom. True, it was 2014, and he had it for 10 hours without a plug, so... As far as we know, without a plug. Yeah. I mean, iPhones will do that, like, quick, especially if you're on it. Yeah. Especially in her, He could have been like, oh, I've only got a couple percent left, I better call her, let her know I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm just, like, annoyed with how little we know, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I feel like it couldn't possibly have been that hard for them to have pieced together where he was at least some of that time. It was 2014. It wasn't, like, 50 years ago. Yeah, I just don't think that they cared. Maybe, I think that they were, like, maybe, must have been gays. Done. Maybe they're not releasing a lot of stuff. Because they're That's still... Investigating? Hope. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Right. I'm gonna, exactly. you know what, I'm gonna hang my hat Bene- on Benefit of the death. Hook, saying that they're still yeah. investigating. Nine years later, they're still working on it. They got something with big very in limited information given to the public. Okay. That was nine years ago. That's wild, too. Yeah. They don't want to tell us where he was for ten hours, but they... You said 2016? 14. Oh, okay. But they felt comfortable telling us that his teddy, the teddy bear was in his pants. That's also confusing. There's a lot of confusing here. We have very little information, I mean, and it's... I will say, if he was planning on going for a swim, it makes sense why he would take off his shoes. Yeah, but not if the he rest knew of there clothes? was water nearby. Well, well if he want... took off all his clothes... I mean, it's 4 a.m. in February. Granted, it's in Houston, but, like, it's gotta be That's chilly true. in the water, right? Yeah. Well, neither do I. I just assume from my <laughs> extensive knowledge of how New Jersey works. I mean, Brandon's in Dallas, and it's it's cool down there in the winter. Okay. So, maybe he kept his clothes on. I don't know how far Houston is. I'm willing to bet it's chilly in the water in February. At least we know that he had some clothing on because the bear was in his pants, and his pants were on his person. But I don't know if he had anything else in his pockets or... Anyway. Yeah. Okay, now this one has a fun coincidence in it, other than the date. Okay, so Ooh. keep your ears ready for it. And let me know when you catch it. We get I'm the fun- okay, tuned okay. in and ready to go. Alright, so this is the disappearance of Maureen Fields. Maureen Fitzgerald Fields was a 41-year-old female in Pahrump, Nevada. She was white with brown hair and blue eyes. She worked as a teller at a Wells Fargo bank in Pahrump Valley, and she'd been there for, she'd been working there for like three months at the time of her disappearance. She graduated from North Arlington High School in New Jersey in 1983. Loved ones reported that she was very particular about her appearance. She had had a cosmetic nose job as well as liposuction, and she always dressed a very particular way. She never wore jeans or t-shirts in public, and she never left the house without makeup. Okay. At the time of her disappearance, she was in the middle of a troubled marriage. Her husband of 15 years, Paul Fields, was in his late 50s, early 60s at the time and was allegedly abusive and a bully. Oh, what a jerk. Maureen reportedly wanted a divorce. A friend of Maureen's described Paul as, quote, jealous and domineering, and that, quote, Maureen was afraid he would kill her. 
end quote. She apparently told many people she was afraid of Paul, but denied any physical abuse. On Valentine's Day, 2006, she arrived at work at the Wells Fargo Bank in Pahrump, which, by the way, I love that. Pahrump! I want to say Pahrump every day can, of my life. Can we move to Pahrump? I, I wish there was a Pahrump in Pennsylvania, because <laughs> we can I want to move to Nevada. Where are you from? Pahrump, Pennsylvania. Pahrump, Nevada. I like Pahrump, Pennsylvania. Pahrump, PA. We just need to buy a should, big old piece of land. Throw up a couple houses on Should we just like, make our own Pahrump? Yeah, yeah. Well, make a so first we gotta make sure that there isn't one already. Because you know how like every state sure. has its um, own like... I'm going know. to Google. How do you spell it? P-A-H. Rump. Oh, done. P-A-H. Rump. Pahrump! Oh, God, it's so cute. Here's a Pahrump pool fish. What does that mean? What? Oh, my God, it's a fish. It's a type of fish. <laughs> I like your shrugging. It's a fish. It's a type of fish. <laughs> uh, it looks like there's only a Pahrump, Nevada. That's disappointing. What? No, we're going to no, make one. No, it's not. That means we can bring it to Pennsylvania. I know, but I feel like buying and like owning a town or city or whatever is difficult. Well, but we just won't let other people in. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> So we're gonna buy some land. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just house. saying. First of all, I feel like it's expensive, and also like I feel oh, like yeah. there's a lot of paperwork. Do we need to well, file our own taxes? Like for the do town? we need to tell people? What if we just call it prompt and we never officially put that anywhere? How about from now like... on, you guys? We all live in Perump, even though we're in three different spots. Now and that is just for us. Okay. But, I mean, I like Lacey's idea. idea. It was just like sort of sounding more like a cult. <laughs> yeah, but if we make it, we just we just won't let outsiders in <laughs> unless they vow to agree to our terms and conditions. Yeah, I mean, who's, that seems who's, very. Who would the leader of the cult be, though? Uh... We'll figure that out later. It's a three-way split. Actually, no, I don't I, want that responsibility. I, I just want to say, like, like they... <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. All right. Anyway. She's okay. withdrawing her application. Sorry, back to Pahrump. Yeah, so on Valentine's <laughs> Day 2006, she arrived at work at Wells Fargo Bank in Pahrump. Seemingly <laughs> worried or upset about something, she told her co-workers that, quote, something's going to happen. And oh, on February 15th, 2006, Maureen did not show up for her work, did, did not show up for her shift at work at 8.30 a.m. when her shift starts. At 8.50 a.m., her co-workers called Paul. He told them she, he didn't know where she was, hung up, and went to the police station. He allegedly tried to report her missing, but because it was less than 24 hours, police refused to make the report. However, police said that Paul arrived at the station and asked if there had been any accidents involving a green Hyundai. He made no mention of a missing person. Paul, I found it. I found it. It was a Hyundai. It was a Hyundai in the last one, too. Is it Hyundai or Hyundai? Yeah, it's a Hyundai. Oh, I mean, I had a Hyundai. Me. I was like, I had myself muted because I was sneezing and I couldn't oh. get in. All right. So he made no mention of a missing person. Is this episode sponsored by Hyundai or something? So anyway, the police said that he went to the station and said, have there been any accidents involving a green Hyundai? But he didn't say anything about a missing person. Paul said that he last saw Maureen when she left their home to go to work 
at 8 a.m. after they had an argument. That's what he says. So then on February. Oh, oh. he said it was that the morning that she never went to work. He said that he saw her leave for work that morning. Yes. So he okay. said that she left for work on February 15th at 8 a.m. after they had an argument. Gotcha. Co-worker said she never showed up. So, February 16th, 2006, Maureen's car, a 2004 green Hyundai, was found in Inyo County, California, but Maureen was nowhere to be found. This is another little coincidence where they find the car, but the person is not there. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme in these unsolved cases. For the record, Inyo County is in California and is roughly three hours west, west of Pahrump. So, okay. way off course. Are you ready for her car details? Oh my god, I'm so yes. ready. Yes. Okay. Her car was stuck in the sand in a remote area near Death Valley. Inside the car, the keys were in the ignition. The driver's seat was fully reclined. Slippers and eyeglasses were found under the gas pedal. Her purse, containing her credit cards and wallet, were both present. Some religious pamphlets were located next to her purse. A pair of knotted up pantyhose, as well as some bottles of prescription painkillers or tranquilizers, were also found in the car. One of the bottles was Xanax, and it was empty. Outside the car, a blanket was found on the ground with traces of vomit and blood. Huh. So, initially, the theory was that she swallowed all of her Xanax, then wandered off into the desert to commit suicide. However, her body was never found after an extensive search. But, in playing devil's advocate, this is me speaking, there are a lot of animals in the desert, and they eat a lot of dead bodies. And I feel like, yeah. don't the mob people drop dead bodies in the desert outside Nevada a lot, and that's like how they dispose people? Well, First off, fair, we're not claiming that there's a mob. We, we don't want any trouble like that. Um, but yeah, there's... I'm just... I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Um, there's coyotes and like there should be mountain lions out there Vulture, maybe not right? in the desert yeah but like coyotes will also like take pieces and take them to like a safer Drag spot away. yeah yeah um i remember an episode of monk they were afraid of the coyotes when yeah. did you say did you tell us when they found her car february Was 16th okay so two days later My- or, well a day later but, but, no one, but no one other than paul saw her on the 15th let me be yeah. clear on that. Yeah. Allegedly. My issue my issue with that theory is if she swallowed a whole bunch of Xanax and wandered off, I don't think she'd have gotten super far before she passed out. And it's just not enough time, if this happened on the 15th, for her body to be completely consumed. Mm-hmm. Like, even if animals had gotten to her, there would be a stuff. They would find stuff. Can I share some more information with you? Yes, please do. Maureen had had two foot operations prior to her disappearance, leaving her with chronic pain. Yeah, she's not walking off. Additionally, she suffered from arthritis and joint problems. She also had a side, this is titanium implant in her jaw with a serial number. So if they had found a body, they would have been able to identify it as her. But also, chronic pain due to foot surgeries arthritis and joint problems i don't really see her wandering off into the desert Mm-mm. and i know like it chronic- also go ahead i was gonna say it also like can paint the picture of someone just wanting to end it all because chronic pain is 
awful. Yeah, that's what um, I was gonna say. For the record, just to cut in here, Lacey's animals are freaking out. Apparently, I heard you, I saw you muted. Muted. I, I muted quick, but I, you know, <laughs> they're assholes, so they they were quick. Not screaming children in the background. It was Lacey's animals. Screaming dogs, yeah. But yeah, so I was gonna make that point too. I know chronic pain can make people want to like just end it all, but like, yeah. If you're in chronic pain, do you really want to like wander? To, like, is that how you want to go? By walking into the desert? Maybe. Well, because so in the other thing that like her car, hearing what's in her car, it reads to me that she was like leaving. Like she had slippers, yeah. she had her eyeglasses. Yeah. Like it sounds like she fell asleep in her car overnight. Um, and it seemed like maybe she was running from whatever her husband's name was. Paul. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's so many, like, there's so many other ways that, like, you could go. And there was, there was vomit on the blanket, which, assuming that was her, she was already sick enough to start puking while she was still at the car. She just would would not have gone very far at all. So, um... Also, additionally to her other ailments, she was planning, there was a reason for her to uh, plan to get tested for breast cancer. I don't know okay. exactly what that was. Like if there's, if she just like reached like an age where something. they were like, yeah. you're susceptible to it, so we need to check you. Or if she found a lump or something, but that was on her books. Um, so, so she didn't I mean, negative stuff going on in her life yeah abusive allegedly abusive marriage chronic pain possible breast cancer i could see why you would want to but it just seems like i don't know if i had chronic pain in my feet i wouldn't want to walk anywhere yeah let alone to my death yeah that they didn't find any trace of her is just a, a little bit beyond do we know what the other medication was like you said there was prescription bottles in there and one was xanax do we know what the rest was no, but hold on. I'm going to move on. Okay. The other odd thing is that the pill bottle of Xanax that was empty was wiped clean. No fingerprints. Ooh, that's not something you would just think about if you were just It had her, her name pills. on it, right, though? Yeah, they were her. Okay, okay. Just this led her. investigators to believe that the scene was staged. Paul Fields became the prime suspect at this point. Mm. Paul has then and has also up until now maintained his innocence and claimed that before Maureen left to go to work on the 15th, she told him, quote, I I might as well do it now. Why not? End quote. He claimed that she had been draining thousands of dollars from their account before she disappeared, and he believed that she had a gambling problem as well as an addiction to prescription meds. Did you find anything that said, like, the investigation confirmed that? that like money was being pulled out well, or... it's interesting that you ask about the money Paul said that she took two $7,000 cash advances from their credit card credit cards as well as withdrawing $2,000 from their joint account he, his theory was that she staged a suicide and ran away because she felt guilty for quote what she had done Paul said that he had evidence that proved Maureen had tried to have him killed before she disappeared, but police and family do not believe that that is true. (laughs) Police looked into his theory, and 
like to, to see if it had any validity. They found that Maureen took only one cash advance of only $4,000 from a credit card, and she used that money to pay off another credit card. Mm. Additionally, family stated that if she had run away, she would not have left behind her eyeglasses, her contact lenses, her prescription medications, her shoes. Apparently, she had a lot of shoes, which I don't know if you remember from the beginning, she liked to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And also her pit bull, whom she loved and cherished. Mm -hmm. So, murder. I feel like the fact that he even made up the money stuff, which was then easily checked out by the cops, is suspicious. Because why would you? He's also. It feels like he's also trying to like paint her in a very certain light, Mm -hmm. and it's gaslighting. And I don't appreciate the abusiveness. Okay. (laughs) Um, Police were allowed by Paul to search the Fields' residence and their property multiple times. He even agreed to take a polygraph test but then he changed his mind at the advice of his lawyer and then at that point he just stopped cooperating with police are you ready for some fun stuff oh bailey has a question or a comment not a question a comment i mean i understand why they searched but he had like what like a day to two days at least to like wipe that house clean and like make sure nothing was there i mean if we are hypothetically going to go along with the classic trope that the husband did it nobody saw her after she left work on the 14th yeah she just wasn't noticed missing by anybody until the 15th but he had if it were him or anybody honestly from the time she got home from work on the 14th Mm mm-hmm but then the strange thing is, like, how did he get her car three hours away and get home? Do you know how many hours are between the evening of February 14th and the morning of February 16th? Yeah, but because I was thinking this, too. Let's say like, that he like, had her... Transportation-wise, like... Oh, yeah. you're wondering how he managed to get back? Yeah. yeah. Like, if she's a, she was Taxi's in the middle of the... Were a thing. In the middle of the desert? I mean, probably. That's like a popular place. Principle. That's a desert! <laughs> Look. Yeah, They're not the just going to have like a bus too. station right there. <laughs> you don't know. Have you ever been? Not yet. I was there. Well, when you're there, look around. See if you can find a bus station. Hold on. Lacey said she was there. Lacey, yeah, did they have we a bus station? Over Christmas. I mean, I didn't see a bus station. She but looking for one. Right, it's a it's a national park, so it's a touristy spot. So there are like people. Say, um, but like, but, wouldn't you wouldn't you think that someone would notice a man just walking out of a national park without a car? I mean, there are yeah. other, If we're really gonna go down this route, we like there are other possibilities. He could have hooked it up to like a truck and drove it himself, dumped it like a tow truck dumped it where he needed it to be, staged the scene, and got back in the tow truck and left. Or, he could have been, he could have tricked her into thinking that they were doing something together, going somewhere, and had her driving separately. I don't know why, I'm just trying to do this. Driving separately and he's behind her in front, and then he pulls over, did you say this was 2006? Mm-hmm. So cell phones, they had cell phones. Call her and say, hey, I need to pull over, have to go to the bathroom or something. And then do whatever the fuck. Um, and then also that would, if he needed to 
do something with her then and then put her body back in his vehicle, transport it somewhere else entirely, and then still get himself home. Because we yeah. still have, assuming he killed her, the body had to be somewhere. I, and even and if, I don't think it's in Death Valley, because I feel like no, a good not bit draw like, attention away from the... Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know, are you ready all... for some twists? No, yes, I please. need like a side note. Is the puppy okay? There is no more mention of the puppy. Okay. So we're gonna. So assume... I'm gonna assume yes. Okay. So, you remember those pantyhose that were knotted up in oh, yeah. the car? Male DNA, skin cells specifically, were found mm. on those, but they did not match Paul. Oh. At this point, the case went close. Mm. Cold. Not closed. Cold. <laughs> I knew. I knew what you meant. Thank but, you. Yeah. Um. So, unrelated to the case, but still kind of related, 90 days after Maureen's disappearance, Paul went to court and had her name removed from their jointly owned land, claiming she abandoned the property. Maureen's father attempted to become Maureen's legal guardian in an attempt to keep Paul from getting her assets. In response, Paul dropped the claims that Maureen abandoned the property and changed her status to missing. While she was classified as missing, he couldn't divorce her. So then, in 2009, he had her legally declared dead and was named executor of her estate. Starting that whole process only three months after she died is, is a little wild to me. Sketchy. Or after she went missing, I mean. Mm-hmm. He could have hired yeah. somebody to kill her. Mm-hmm. We got other other DNA, which did throw me for a loop. Oh, thank you for bringing up the DNA. In 2012, the DNA was matched to to Keith Wayne Holmes, as in H.H. Holmes, same last name. He was an 81-year-old convicted sex offender from Pear Blossom, California, suffering from dementia. You said 80 what? 81. Well, 81 in 2012? Yeah. Well, he's still... Okay, I don't know what to do with this new information. At the time of Maureen's disappearance, he would have been in his mid-70s, and police have evidence that he was in Pahrump at the time. He had been arrested in June 2011 for attempting to lure a 12-year-old girl into his car. When he was arrested, his DNA was put into the system, and that's how they got the match. At the time of his arrest, he was already on probation after two convictions of molesting or, quote, annoying a child. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not laughing at this, but annoying a child. That it's means it's a fun charge. Not, it's not a fun charge. It just sounds fun. Yeah, um, it was yeah. Hard to... funny. It just, it sounds very. It sounds like a very juvenile charge. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're annoying me. I'm yeah. gonna have you charged. I, I would love to make someone arrested for that. Um. So here's the thing. I know his DNA was in the car and everything. But, Not in the car, on the pantyhose. Okay. But if he's going after, like, 12-year-olds mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. like, teenagers, yeah, how old thought. was this woman? 41. How old was this woman? Okay. They didn't have any kids, did they? Not that I can find. Uh, it just... I mean, anything's possible. He's a mm-hmm. rapist. God knows what he's thinking. It just doesn't seem not a rapist sexual offender sex sex offender he attempted to molest no he did molest okay no rapist 
Um, Big growth stuff. It just seems like How it's out of. I just his don't want to get sued for defamation. Mm. We'll be very on. clear. He's just a kidding. child sex offender. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Would um, you like to just... know whether or not the police talked to him? Yes. Oh, sure. Okay. They did. Um, oh, good. He said that he and Maureen had had consensual sex before she, before he left her alone in, and alive in the desert. He also he claimed like that he knew Paul, but because of the <laughs> dementia, they would try and ask further questions, but they couldn't get like a good answer back. Like they couldn't get concise details to verify this report that he knew Paul. And then he died in prison in April 2014. Oh no, that's so Since I then, mean Nothing. The same. The same could be argued that with the dementia, like he. I mean, but I. I guess the skin cells match. But like, still, like he could claim he was there and be like, "Oh yeah, I know her" by pointing a photo out. Just because like, dementia can work that way too. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, I'm adding in consensual a new idea. sex with a seventy-year-old. I'm sorry. Well, okay, so you're as, in as your twenties. As a forty-year-old, now but like imagine, as a forty-year-old. Yeah, so that relation would be like a fifty-year-old for you. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, relax. <laughs> well, for well, me, it'll be well, sixty. Well, Richard Gere, well, like how? No, Richard no. Gere's like seventy now. Who likes him? I do have a thing for Richard Gere. Safe? But like, did, but like Richard Gere Pretty in Woman Pretty Woman. Yes, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't want him now. I want. But even Richard then, Gere like he Woman. looked. He I don't had to be forty then. Excellent. Well, anyway, he was like, um, I just think gray hair. I don't know. Okay, so it, here's what interested which... me when somebody said he could have hired somebody, mm -hmm. and then also like this guy, um, Mr. Holmes, isn't a great character, and mm -hmm. I feel comfortable saying that based on his criminal record. Yeah. So, who's to know? Who's to say? And it's interesting that he's from California, and the car ended up in California. Yeah. I do think that going from molesting to murder is a leap. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a huge one, but, like, there are people who will go out and, you know, do that shit, but don't kill anybody. So I feel like, I feel like he would have had to be motivated. You know what I mean? Like, the, he would have had to get something from it. Like money? Yeah. Oh, there's a Lancaster in California. Um, See, why can't we have a perump then? I don't know. So, two things. First off, Richard Gere is 73 currently. Um, making him still make, Hold on. Making him 41 <laughs> when Pretty Woman would come out. I know this is totally not about what's the case or anything. But and Lacey was up. like 18 when she told me that she had a thing for him. So, that's a not year gap. Do you have daddy issues, Lacey? That's like a 20-year gap. What? Not that I'm aware of. Did you say 40? Anyway, um, back <clears throat> to Lacey's statement about like it being a jump from molestation to murder. I don't think it's that big of a jump, especially if he got caught for the molestation and he's like, oh crap, these victims are talking and like getting yeah, me caught. He was on probation, it's, so he's been to prison. And prison changes It's, it's more of the... Um, the age difference for me that well, seems weird can i just say he's the one who's saying it's consensual mm -hmm. there's no yeah. evidence to support that it's his they word can... against 
nobody else's. Right. They could have. It could have been the husband and this guy got her out there to the desert, gave her the Xanaxes to get her out of it. Xanaxes. And, and then. <laughs> And, and then, then she Holmes, vomited them up because right Holmes does shit to her, and then the husband's like, "Hey, you just raped my wife, who was on Xanax, and I'm a witness." Out of some medical situation, like, of course, you have to right, you have to help me hide the body, and you know set the scene, wipe off her finger, the, our fingerprints off the Xanax bottle and stuff, because you're also in just as much trouble as I am. So, so I like that theory. Um, I think that. A husband was a little less involved. I think okay. that he, I, I don't know, he was saying that there, all these cash advances out of his cards, maybe he did them to pay this guy to, they, they said that they have evidence of him being in Perum, so maybe he abducted her. I don't know how they got the car. Why well, was her shit yeah. missing? I mean, maybe she, she, maybe she was on her way home from work. Some people, I used to take, when I worked, when I, I still do, but when I worked at the fire station, I don't wear my boots home. I leave my boots at work, and I, I wear, like, slippers or Crocs or something on the way home. So yeah, but she like, wasn't Contacts like you and glasses, too? It, it wasn't her, no, no, no. She had, in the car, it was slippers and her eyeglasses. Wasn't there also, like, religious pamphlets or something? Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what that is. I mean, but like, that had me thinking that, like, maybe she's trying to look for, like, an escape or, like, mm-hmm. some help from the religious abuse. stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's unsolved. And we I, have a, solve it. I hey. have a picture of her car if you want to see it. Yeah. You should put it on our Instagram, too. Yeah, I will. That's what it looks like. It's... Oh, and there's the blanket. How far off was the road? I don't know. It said a remote area. Huh. Yeah, I don't think there would be a bus station out there. That Doesn't that blanket, though, look like there's a body in it? <laughs> it's, that yeah, looks like it looks the kind like, of blanket you yeah. I'm like, It looks like a shape of a body. Yeah. These are the feet. The blanket I keep in my car for emergencies is a fluffy little warm blanket, not a body-hiding blanket. Why is Bailey laughing at me? What did I do? <laughs> when you started that, I was like, oh, you keep a body-hiding like hiding <laughs> blanket in your car? Okay. You never, never I mean, don't need it. I mean, like, yes. emergencies. Get it. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to move on to the third one? Uh, this last one is the Rundle family. And this doesn't really have as much coincidences as the other one did. There's no mention of a car. Mm. Um, however, I don't know if you've noticed, the first one however. was in Texas. The second one was like Nevada, California. Now we're mm. going to go to Colorado. Oh. Okay. So oh, this a, is the Rundle Midwest. family murder. Rundle family murder. Cassandra Susan Rundle was born October 29, 1947, making her 37 years old on Valentine's Day in 1985. She was living in Colorado Springs with her two children, Detrick, D-E-T-R-I-C-K, Detrick, Detrick Sturm, he was 12, and Melanie Sturm, she was 10. Cassandra was enrolled in pre-law and would have attended law school the following semester. 
She was a former Miss Morgantown of West Virginia. She also worked for the Rape Coalition in Colorado, Colorado Springs. The what coalition? Rape. Okay, that is what you said. She had been married and divorced twice, but she hadn't given up on love. She had taken out personal ads in a local newspaper, and for our younger listeners, that's like setting up a Tinder account. <laughs> but I'm a newspaper. Yeah. Well, I'm not even sure if some of these new kids know what a newspaper is. Ah, uh, kids these days. She um, received it's news printed on like actual, like tangible paper. Yeah, but like thin. Not like well, printer paper, like thin. I didn't say printer paper. Well, what no, I know. I'm just saying. Anyway. Uh, she received more than 80 responses, or in Tinder terms, matches. Ooh. Her aunt Nancy reported that, quote, she was a beautiful person inside and out. Oh. End quote. Um, and the only thing that, that I could really find about the children is that Detrick was born June 11th, 1972, and Melanie was born April 16th, 1974. Also, Melanie liked to dance, I think I saw. Cool. Like, and like little dance company. Whatever. Oh. I don't know why you're looking like that. I, I, I thought you just meant like she liked to dance around the house. Yeah. Oh, no. I think she was doing like a pageant the day before. Is this okay. important to the story? No, just some background oh, information okay. about our victims. <clears throat> so, on the morning of February 14th, 1985, ex husband number two. Dave Peltzer, which, so I noticed he doesn't have the same last name as Cassandra or the children, so I'm going to assume that her children are from her first marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dave went to Cassandra's house to deliver a Valentine's Day gift, a record album. Yeah, I see your look, Bailey. I'm assuming that they ended on good terms. Okay. <clears throat> um, he walked in and discovered the entire family massacred. Oh. So, I was listening to our uh, podcast, the one about the Sims family murder, and I was like, we should have done a trigger warning. So, I'm going to do a trigger warning right now. (laughs) After the massacre? Well, no. Before the details? Yes. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Cassandra, mom, she was found nude on her bed. She had been tied up, raped, and beaten before being strangled to death. Melanie, the 10-year-old, was found in her own bedroom. She had also been raped, beaten, and strangled. She had a fractured skull, and based on the condition of the room, there was a major struggle before her death. Detrick was found in his bedroom, also beaten to death. There was a bloody hockey stick next to his body, the apparent weapon used to beat all three family members. Detrick had gone out that morning and returned home This is what the investigators believed. He had left, come home, and interrupted the murders. My thought is that I wonder if the struggle in Melanie's room is a result of Detrick interrupting at that point and trying to fight to save his sister. How old was Detrick? Twelve. And I can't imagine that a grown person and a ten-year-old girl would make a huge mess, but a a ten-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and a per- yeah. Yeah. Um... Initially, police looked into Cassandra's, quote, Tinder matches, just people she's gotten responses from, from the uh, personal ads, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't find any evidence that um, linked any of the people 
attempted murders. The other suspect that was considered was a man by the name of Philip E. Wilkinson. He was a former soldier who landed himself on death row, death row in North Carolina for the murder of a mother and her two children. Oh. He admitted, here's another trigger warning because I'm going to just go into the details of what he admitted to doing to the police. And I want you to see if you can spot any similarities. So he admitted to police that on July 29th, 1991, which, just to remind you, um, the Rundle family was murdered in 47. Or no, Wait. that's not true. 85. 80, yeah. Okay. 85. Mom, so, mom was born in 47. Right. In July of 1991, he broke into the apartment of Judy Hudson in the middle of the night. He attacked her 19-year-old daughter first, Crystal, beating her to death with a bowling pin before oh. he sexually assaulted her. Then he beat Judy with the same bowling pin before sexually assaulting her as well. Finally, he beat Larry, the 11-year-old son, to death with the same bowling pin. He stole cigarettes, money, and the lighter, left, and then returned to the scene to retrieve the bowling pin and the light bulb he used in the assault of Judy. He was indicted for a litany of charges, which he pled guilty to in August of 1994. So obviously there are some similarities between the Hudsons and the Rundle Sturm family, but they couldn't find a connection. Like a valid one. Did he bring the bowling pin or was that like no. something in their house? So I read the like summary of the court case or whatever. And he said that he broke in through the back door and found a bowling pin, like, right there. Okay. And so then, it was... Yeah, he said that yeah. he had been peeping through the windows and got... And Crystal, quote, got him going, I believe is what he said. So he mm. broke in with the intention of... Just the intention of assaulting her sexually. Okay. Uh. Um, but then he was worried that... She, well, he, like, stroked her butt. She woke up and started screaming. And so, obviously, I mean, he had got to stop yeah. the screaming. So, he started to beat her with a bowling pin. Um, in our the case you're telling us about the original one, mm -hmm. they were all found in their children. own. Yeah, they were all found in their own bedrooms. You said yes. And were any were they tied up at all? So Cassandra, Cassandra was. was tied up. Okay, that's the only one that I could find was tied up. But that's that's a good point. When I said suggested that Detrick that they believe that Detrick interrupted the murders, if he had, and that is what caused the um, apparent struggle in Melanie's room, how did he end up in back in his own bedroom? Right. He put him back there? Yeah. And like, that's all the information I could find about the Rundle family. It would mm -hmm. make sense that, like, he would tie up Cassandra because Melanie is the daughter. Yeah, mm -hmm. Melanie's 10 Melanie's, and Cassandra Melanie's is, like, 37. 10 and wouldn't put up mo uh, much of a fight. She she would be much easier to overpower. Yeah. yeah. Than a 37-year-old um, woman. Still, I think it was just a You think Philip did it? The, the guy on death row? Yeah. Yeah. Was the hockey stick a piece of their property? I think so. I think it belonged to okay. Detroit. Yeah, I feel like he probably was a peeping there Tom, was, too. 
There was something that just... led me to believe. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but no, there fine. was something that led me to believe that when they they think that he went out, I think, to play hockey and returned with the hockey stick. So maybe whoever did it, I'm just going to say whoever, mm-hmm. uh, went in there because he went in during the day because the kid was out when he went in to think. Um, tied up mom mm-hmm. was assaulting Melanie um, and maybe didn't plan on killing anybody. Just I, was going I would to just like to point girl. out one thing since yeah. um, we talked about it in the previous case that I mentioned. Um, how Bailey noticed that um, the Holmes man had been targeting children and it mm-hmm. seemed odd that he would switch to a 41-year-old. Yeah. Um, we got a 10-year-old and mom. This man, Philip, admitted to assaulting a 19-year-old and a, a mom. Mm-hmm. If there's no indication that he is interested in 10-year-olds. That we but, know of. Right. But, I mean, whoever broke into the Rundle's house assaulted mom and a 10-year-old. Right. So, wasn't particularly discerning about Right. Their taste there. It also, like, they just seem so similar to be coincidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, also, this one is Colorado and the other one was North Carolina. It's called a car. Okay. I would also, this I wasn't going to mention, but because we're going down this avenue, I didn't think you guys would think that he was that viable of a suspect, but. He mentioned, he admitted that during his attack on the Hudsons, he had a problem becoming erect, mm. which didn't seem to be a problem with the Rundles, which I mm. feel like would have, is kind of, like, I could see the escalation where yeah. if the Rundles came first and then he moved on to the Hudsons, the Hudsons seem a bit more brutal with the bowling pin, mm-hmm. maybe, but, um... Yeah. I feel like it's a kind of a reverse if he's able to get it up, so to speak, with the Rundles. That sounds terrible. But isn't able to with the Hudson's. Well, if we want to explore other avenues, you said Cassandra was working at, like, a rape coalition? Yes. So that's something that I thought was interesting. She was a volunteer. She could have been targeted that way, or, Mm -hmm. like... Because mm-hmm. Melanie was in, like, dance competitions, maybe someone was fixated on her. Yeah, because I don't kind think of there's like... any... Um, I don't think that there's... Well, I couldn't find anything that determined who was the primary target. Right. Yeah. Did it... I mean, it, it probably wouldn't, but, like... Did it happen to say, like, if there was, like, any way to tell, like, who died first? The information that I told you is everything I know. Okay. So, I wonder if the, her work with the Rape Coalition, because I think that it's also, like, domestic violence. Yeah. I, I, can, I can imagine it's a pretty, I, like, dangerous I atmosphere. I feel like I saw a Law and Order episode where this, like, Olivia Benson helped save a woman, and then her husband targeted Olivia. Mm-hmm. Out of anger yeah. because she helped his wife escape. Yeah, I could see that somebody being like that. 
Yeah. So if can't like if he whoever killed the Rundle family, if he viewed mm-hmm. Cassandra as ruining his family. Yeah. By helping his wife get away, um, I could see him turning that on her as a revenge. Yeah. Real I mean also the fact that they were all like Valentine's Day, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they Thanks. were all like beaten with a hockey stick mm-hmm. is very like angry or upset. Yeah, and like, so that's the other thing that if of... they think that Detrick brought the hockey stick back when he interrupted, that means that Cassandra was still not beaten at that time. That's what that's what I was kind well, of she... thinking before is that he had her tied up while he was dealing with Melanie. Yeah. Dietrich came home with a hockey stick, went in the room, you know, because he heard whatever uh-huh. fight and the guy gets a hold of shit and either kills Melanie or Dietrich, like, in that struggle. And is like, well, now I have to kill this whole fucking family. And yeah, maybe it wasn't even the intention like, to kill everybody. That's kind of what I was thinking. That he, especially if we're, because now I'm leaning more towards, through, like, the coalition. It was, like, a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. And going in there to teach Cassandra a lesson, fuck oh. with my family, don't fuck with yours, would want her, might, to be a lot afterwards to deal with the repercussions of that and to feel guilty because of what she brought on her daughter and stuff. But then Dietrich interrupted and attacked him and he, you know, one of the kids gets killed in the fight. Now he has to kill all of them. Also, just one more thing. Um, The Rundles were strangled to death. Oh. So they, oh, they were beaten, but the beating wasn't the cause of death. Correct. Okay. Um, Which, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about this logistically. Sorry, Uh hold on one second. Sorry. Cassandra and Melanie were beaten Mm -hmm. and strangled. Detrick was beaten to death. So he was not strangled. But Melanie had a fractured skull. Okay, so Melanie gets fractured skull in the fight when Dietrich comes in. Mm -hmm. Detrick is killed during that fight. And I don't know why, but the guy decides to haul him over and stick him in his own room. Like that, I don't understand that. But I feel like it makes the most sense that he got Phil killed when he tried to defend his sister. Mm-hmm. And the guy got the hockey stick from him and hit him hard enough to kill him. My only comment is um, a hockey stick is a very weird choice. Mm-hmm. Because it's such an it's such, a, such an awkward angle. I mean, it's personally, a- if I see a hockey stick, I'm like, that can be used as a weapon. Because it's yeah, like a bat. But like, it's so no, but bats are, I like, feel like it's more awkward than a bat because they're bigger. Yeah. I have never played hockey, so I don't it's, know. And I'm honestly like, they're th- they're thin too. How I think did it, it was not a, break. I, I agree with Lacey in that I th- I like her theory that it was revenge, and the intention was to leave them alive, mm-hmm. but traumatized, but severely traumatized. And then Sun came home and attacked the attacker, probably with the hockey stick. The attacker got the stick away from him and then beat him with it. Mm-hmm. That's a good theory. And then everybody's screaming. He just starts. Mom's tied up in her room just listening. Oh, that's horrifying. She's probably screaming too. Yeah. So he just starts beating everybody to get them mm-hmm. quiet. Strangles him to finish it up. Yeah. 
Happy Valentine's. This is fun. I was feeling very enthusiastic with Antonio's case because we had all kinds of fun theories. Yeah, and then things got real bleak. Yeah, we went downhill. Yeah. Well, it got really, it got really sinister. Because when, people died okay. on this. So when, I'm going to name drop, when my friend Sarah told me that we should do or recommended that we did do a Valentine's Day special, I suggested it and Bailey immediately sent me case notes for the rundle family and i responded I, I that was a quick google shirts it's so dark yeah so i didn't expect us to talk about it because you said it wasn't a good one and my, then you said family and i was like oh i no. thought that if i sandwiched it between two lighter cases it would be better but then i was like i'm gonna put it in chronological order and also i wanted you to make the connection between antonio and maureen's fun days I was very excited about the cars. So instead, he decided just we would just leave off on everything. Yeah, I wanted it to hurt. I mean, otherwise, like we could have gone over, like there's like a Valentine's Day massacre, like in history. Mm -hmm. We could have gone over. We could have gone so dark. Valentine's podcast in the future. Hopefully, we can do a St. Patrick's one next, or and then then an Easter one. So many. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> well, we have margaritas. Perfect. I Ooh. love that idea. Oh, you guys heard it here first. Cinco de Mayo episode coming your way. With margaritas. Yeah, for us. You have to make your own. Or go on buy them. You know what? We're shipping out margaritas. <laughs> yeah, if you send us, if you Venmo us $20, we will make you a margarita. And send it to you. No guarantee that it'll get to you still frozen. Um, Shipping also, and handling not included. Also, it will 100% be frozen because I do not like rocks. I like them on the rocks. I like either depending on how fast I'm drinking it. We're such a good team. I like slushies because I'm a big kid at heart. They make my teeth hurt. They give me brain freezes. <laughs> That's why you use straws. <laughs> Oh, it's my teeth are still in my mouth whether I'm using a straw or <laughs> drinking from the cup. Lacey, take your right. dentures out and then you can have the Slurpee. God. It's, yes. It embarrasses me when people see it. If the straw's in your mouth, no one's seeing your dentures. Well, I guess they in your hand. I saw a TikTok. This is off topic. I saw a TikTok where this, this crazy wrestling mom was like screaming on the sidelines so much yes. that her dentures fell out. Oh, never mind. I saw a different one. <laughs> and she got up, grabbed it, and tried to look really nonchalant as she continued to scream. Oh, I would have been immediately. Um, Nobody there would have ever seen me again. What happened? Oh, you would have left? Uh huh. The country. I keep the country. Getting, my For You page has had a lot of. Um, like moms, like you know, like the classic soccer mom. Yeah, but is at it like wrestling matches, I have no idea why. It's prepping you for when the girls start getting into stuff, and you can go cheer till your dentures fall out. Wrestling. Yeah. Well, the the other one that I specifically remember is um, they had to escort this mom out because she was getting too crazy. That's fun. That's, yes. You know, that's not embarrassing for your kid or anything. All right, so my baby is awake, so I think we should wrap uh-huh. this up. All right, go go cheer her on. All right, so um, uh, follow us on Instagram at sinister underscore and underscore sarcastic. 
or uh, you can email us at sinister and sarcastic podcast at it's gmail.com. The, the sinister and sarcastic podcast. What did I say? You said sinister and sarcastic. It's the sinister and sarcastic. Oh, we also have one that isn't the. Oh, because I have one so that I can set up stuff. We also have a TikTok that nothing's on. Like like my own. So I'm gonna make one. Okay. So maybe follow us on TikTok and maybe we'll make content. Yeah. Um. Is also sinister underscore and underscore sarcastic. We're gonna have to get better at this. Also, well, this is a yeah. So, yeah, comment on Instagram. Email us if you have any of your own theories. One of our several emails. Yep, you'll find us. Somebody will get it. That'll be good. And then, you know, come back in tomorrow to hear our regular weekly podcast. Yes, because today is Tuesday. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And happy Valentine's Day to our listeners. Well, that was sinister. And we were very sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening.